This is the Sea to Sky Podcast. Editorial. Welcome to the new feature on the Sea to Sky Podcast. It's Get Mowed with Mo Freitag. And Mo, you, you've been you've been around. You've been around when it comes to local politics, I think, on all levels, I think. Um, municipalities, SLRDs, um, chambers, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been around for a while. 95, I came to Squamish. Uh, started up with... Uh, with a youth volleyball league, uh, getting kids off the street, and then up through Lions Club, Chamber of Commerce, leadership, and then uh, off to SLRD, which, uh, if uh, people aren't familiar, is uh, the regional government, which works with all the municipalities in the area, and along with the provincial and federal governments on developing policy, bylaws, and uh, a lot of what we do up there as well is um, a lot of the borrowings for municipalities, financial borrowings. And you've worked with people like Jordan Sturdy, our our current mayor, and our, our future mayor, quite possibly. You've worked with lots of big-time players in this community. You've been involved in some of the big decisions, some of the smart ones, some of the uh, not-so-smart ones, I would say. And uh, we're in transition. We're at the precipice of some big changes coming, some, uh, some big decisions on the way. And uh, it looks like all the old guard that was here who are setting up all these decisions and all these groups and all these meetings and all these studies are out the door. There's two councillors currently running for mayor. And then the rest of the councillors are electing not to run again. Maybe Doug is in there. We don't know. Uh, Jason is, I, I think, what, 3% chance of him running again. So that's kind of a, a, a statement that big transition is coming. Yeah, well, Marcus, I think that, you know, part of it, uh, I was really actually really, really shocked that uh, Patty announced she wasn't going to run again. I think you're absolutely right. Squamish is in transition. It's uh, time for to have a pretty steady hand at the at the wheel of the ship. And uh, I, I messaged Mayor Heinzman when she said she wasn't running. I was really surprised. Um, yeah, you're, I have to agree as well. You're losing at least one councillor in Chappelle or Councillor Elliott. Yeah, the time is not now for everybody to jump off the boat, right? Although Squamish has seen rapid growth, you have a lot of implementation of new policy and that growth that really, really will impact the town for long, long term, as well as more planning to come in with infrastructure, uh, you know, your rec planning, um, your regional planning, Garibaldi at Squamish, LNG is going to come in. And um, these are big, big decisions, and it's unfortunate that so many experienced people are jumping. Doug, I won't be surprised if Doug's back in, although Doug's been around a long time, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting for Doug Race for four years. And uh, Doug is up to it, likely, but I'm not sure if I'm Doug, I would be up to it, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to likely have to go back to SLRD. He'll likely have to sit on the majority of the committees. He knows probably more than every councillor there outside, I would say, Mayor Heinzman, about how the the whole system works, the policy as well as regionally how it works, which is really critical. He's worked already with Crompton, who will likely be the mayor of Whistler. So he's familiar with it, but however, that means Doug will be working six, seven days a week as a city councillor for Squamish. And if I'm Doug Race and I'm wanting to enjoy some of my time, I'm probably not signing up. However, understanding the time it takes commitment, the financial expense that you go through in being a city councillor, you know, many people think, oh, well, they get paid. Yeah, you don't get paid near what you get paid if you're doing your own gig or professional gig. I can tell you that much for the hours you put in. So uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. Um, you hope more people uh, with experience, at least local experience um, and service organizations and so on and so forth, step up to the plate. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's one of the things that could be a benefit of having sort of a lack of experience on city council is things will likely slow down. 
because they won't be as familiar with process. They won't be as familiar when they head to the Victoria or they head to the regional district or they head to the federal government. These will be new faces for those ministers. They'll be new faces for their staff. And um, so things might cool down a little bit just on the basis of they don't understand process or know how quite how to get things done. Well, that's a bit of a silver lining then. So you can't rush too many decisions down the pipe at once. So hopefully that you're right. Probably learning the process will help sort of understand the decision making process. I mean, why would you think everyone jumps ship like that? What would be the main reason? Is it because it's four years term now? The, the, the flack they get on social media? To be honest, 23 individuals have asked me to run for counselor. And I said no. And I said no because, one, I have a young family. The time it takes to run is insane. Uh, and, the, and the job itself is insane for little compensation. But then uh, your business will become a target. People will come to your business. They'll boycott your business. It becomes more of an us versus them mentality. You're no longer part of the community. You're now part of council. Yeah, and Marcus, I have to agree, you know, people have a difficult time separating the two, separating their politics, or I guess the three of their politics, religion and business. And then, of course, you need some free time to yourself, like you said, if you've got a young family. I think, there, you know, there's a lot of pressures in Sea to Sky right now. Um, you know, people talk about the housing and the cost of living here. So if you owned a house here for a long time, perhaps you're looking at possibly cashing in, heading off to another area to live where you can stick some money away, right? Um, but not only those pressures, let's face it, how many thousand people commute out of Squamish every day? How many hours every day are they spending on the road? How much money are they spending every year in insurance, vehicle payments, fuel? You know, the cost of food is, has gone up substantially in comparison to wages. And you're going to commit to now Squamish growing. Squamish is no longer the town of 15,000 people that had three major industries employing, you know, a large percentage of the town. You, It's changed drastically. And so the number of small issues, the number of of new industries, the number of new ideas coming to the table every day in Squamish are tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold what they were back in uh, historically, right? I mean, you had the forestry industry, which is still fairly strong here, but they were major employers. So when they came to the table, they represented a large workforce, and they were able to contribute you know, larger sums of money into infrastructure and, and uh, sports teams and social clubs. And now you have all these little small pockets. And, and so your job, you end up as a counselor or as an elected official spending large amounts of hours on very small ideas or developing policy that impacts really so few. And hence we see so many new bylaws, so many new policies, omnibus bills, trying to tidy up what was with what is today. And uh, that takes a ton of effort. You're getting an agenda. You know, if you're sitting city council and you're sitting SLRD, you're getting 1,200 pages every two weeks, maybe more. You know, I haven't looked at the full agenda in, at Squamish Council for a while, but I remember in the regional district, it was nothing to get 500 pages. Sure, you maybe didn't read every single page, but if you weren't reading every single page, oftentimes there was things you were missing and you were relying on the others. And, you know, I know a lot of I know a lot of steadfast readers and they're not reading 1,200 pages every two weeks, <laughs> I'm telling you. So, you know... Um, it's a tough job. It's a really tough job. And, um, but the reality is you gotta be in it for what are, you know, the quote unquote right reasons because you're, you're going to lose money. Yeah. If you got a local small business, you're going to take a hit. You're not going to get a chance to go out for dinner with your significant others because people will be at your table. Even if they're just waving, saying hi, it still takes time. 
And uh, the grocery store is a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> um, I don't grocery shop at my household for that exact reason because I couldn't get out of the place. And uh, and then you want to do good. You want to do well. You don't want to let the people down. So you're constantly at it because you don't want to be a failure to to the public, right? Because you're there to represent them. And I, I you know I'm not suggesting every councillor or every elected official does that. But I think the most of them at the local level really do believe in what they're doing. Well, I would assume they would go in for those reasons. That's mainly the reason why they do it is because they want on a certain level, you know, help their community, right? You would hope that's the initial intent anyway. Yeah, but I think that, you know, and here's where things get a little muddy and murky. Um, you, you have those and you have, and those are usually the ones from my experience that have gone through your, your service clubs, your your Sorkas, your uh, soccer associations, and and not only have they been there, but you you know a good way to background check some of these people that are running is did they attend those? How much work did they actually put in? It's one thing to get on the local you know pack or whatever because no you know there's lack of interest in people being on it. But ask the others in those organizations: Did that person actually do the work? Did they actually complete anything? Did they actually get any new policy or or streamlined policy uh, uh, put in place? And, you know, those are the ones that you usually want to step up. But you always have your sort of one-hit wonders, the ones that run on the I'm against LNG or I'm for LNG or I'm against Garibaldi at Squamish or I'm for Garibaldi at Squamish or I'm only for mountain biking and I'm only for whatever it is. And those are the ones I think that scare, scare you the most because you get in there and that's a good opportunity to campaign on something like that because we tend to be attracted to one or two things. However, when it's time to buckle down and get the work done, they I find they tend to be um, the ones that aren't getting any work done. And so, like I said earlier with uh, Councillor Race, if he was to run, you know, they're going to be relying a lot on someone with that much experience doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And uh, thank goodness for those people that are really entrenched and really um, into it because there's nothing worse than showing up to a board meeting or a council meeting and uh, only three people have read the information or talked to the CEO or had the CEO ask questions pre-meeting to the staff. Wouldn't that actually then put more pressure on the mayor then? Because if you have a brand new council of seven new faces and then you have a mayor, um, well, that's assuming uh, Chappelle or, or uh, Karen Elliott wins and they're in there, they have experience. But what if someone like Jeff Cook with no experience wins and then you have a counselor like with zero experience? So like basically you have brand new, fresh people in there. Yes, the procedures will go slow, but I mean, so they could learn that and we mentioned that could be a silver lining but wouldn't that sort of be kind of a scary thing especially since all these you know we're building up to a lot of big changes like we we need a lot of money we need a lot of money we need to diversify the economy we have the fixed bread and park there's a lot of things that needs to get done and having all new faces i to me that scares me a little bit yeah well you know but here's the thing yeah, you know, I, I think about this often um, in my daily life because I look at, I work for a lot of people who own large corporations. I follow a lot of large corporations and other levels of government. The reality is, is you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So for sure, when you have a mayor like a like a Heinzman, like a Nancy uh, Willem Morden or a Mark Lampman out in Lillooet, or, uh, you know, a Jordan Sturdy. I'm not taking anything away from other mayors that have been in the corridor. You've got people that have been at it a long time. They know the issues and they can do the heavy lifting. 
um, you know, I'm not going to throw it out there that one or the other right now should be the mirror. But the reality is experience does help you. But not only experience on that level, I go back to, you know, following corporations. I often see the presidents of corporations being the figurehead, the vice presidents doing the heavy lifting. So if I'm a newly elected official or I'm a newly elected mayor first time running or um, one-term councillor running for mayor and I'm not certain of what I need to get done, especially, like I said, on the regional level. And I think that people in the cities really forget about this. You know, you've got Metro Vancouver, and uh, they they deal with tons of the infrastructure around all those big cities in the lower mainland. I'd be really leaning on my experienced counselors and really trying to make, build um, men fences and build fences there so you can rely on them to do some of that heavy lifting for you, you know, putting trust in them, getting the information back to you and getting accurate information back to you. That's the big thing until you sort of work out the kinks and figure the scene out. Well, that means we need, I think, a longer transition period then because say Jeff Cook wins and Karen Elliott and, and Susan Chappelle, who are the only two with experience on this council, leaves because they ran for mayor and they didn't, they didn't get the seat. I guess you would have to hopefully extend a transition period so Karen and, and Susan could basically go over with the new council. Like, this is what we've been doing. Uh, here, this is where we stopped. Here's, you know, here's the layout. Now you can continue with whatever you like to do or not, because you were just saying you surround yourself with good people, but say Jeff wins, then you have basically all fresh blood. There's no experience there. Maybe John French, who's been in so many council meetings in, in the local region, he knows how things work, but when it comes to the minutia, I'm, I'm sure he's not, you know, he's, he needs to learn that as well. Oh, and I 100% agree. Like, it's it's one thing to go to council meetings. It's one thing to under, read policy. It's another thing to understand it and how do we d- deliver it, right? Yeah. And, and that's really where it's tricky. And, um, well, of course, you're relying on, on good staff. You're relying on a very strong CAO. I know one of the things that I was absolutely blessed with up in, Lilo, or up in Pemberton was uh, Linda Flynn. It's an absolutely incredible intelligent human being incredibly smart person incredibly hard worker you know i'd suggest to her some days i would email her on a sunday night or something and she'd respond out of the office and i'd say what the hell are you doing here like shouldn't you be at home with your husband having a glass of wine or something like you know there's better things for you to be doing but you really got to rely on those people at the same time um yeah i have to agree but you know even if uh Sue or or Karen was was to be elected uh, mayor, it's not going to be that much easier for them. Sue's got the most experience. There's no doubt about that. However, the job with the mayor, you know, is incredibly difficult if you want to work hard at it. I mean, you don't have to. You could be the mayor that just sort of sits back and coasts and let things happen and see where the chips fall. And for some mayors, that's been an effective strategy. Or you can be the one that comes in with one or two ideas and really rams them through, and and that's what you've done, and you've moved on. But, uh, you know, it's going to be tough sledding to replace, like I said, a a, a Heinzman. Whether you agreed with her or not, and Patty and I, when we were together and the board at SLRD didn't always agree. I remember a few times her kind of kicking the table, uh, kicking underneath the table for getting me to try to chill out a little bit. But um, the reality is, is that she put the hours in. I can show you emails from Patty Heinzman late at night, early in the morning. She made sure we traveled together to the meetings so we could have one-on-one discussions about issues that were on the agenda. And it was never a, I'm going to get you, you're going to get me thing. It was all about delivering what 
her city needed. I was delivering what my area needed. And we would come to agreement on some level. You're never, it's not like what I think people confuse government and business. It is not for profit, the government, right? So you've got to remember these decisions generally aren't best for you and you only or the people that voted for you and them only. That's not the way it works. It's an overarching um, either bylaw or policy or direction that is for the betterment of the majority or industry, whether it be tourism or heavy industry or whatever. And that's where I think people get incredibly confused is they think, oh, this is just for the skateboard people. This is just for the, no, it's for the betterment of everybody the people walking through the park the people attending the park the people who have accessibility issues the environment there's a lot of things you need to look at and uh, it's not just about you know the best for me and my like I said, people voted for me or friends. So, all right, you're, you're mentioning all the, the things that uh, you need to work for everybody. So what, what are the big things that we should be focusing on? Now, now I'm asking you, what, what are our local politicians should be focusing on? Well, if I'm an experienced politician, like if I'm an experienced, you know, one, two-term councillor running for mayor, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to be fairly comfortable in the position, right? Of course, there's some work to do, right? Um, with especially with the um, reaching out to people and mending some fences because, you know, we all know campaigns can get dirty and nasty. Um, but, um, you know, you're maybe going to be able to expand on, on the basics um, and work on a few, I always call them pet projects because, um, you know, you're going to be comfortable with, in, in the um, uh, situation and in where the organization is at. You're going to know how they got there or how we got there. And you're also going to know how to move forward. If I'm coming in with less experience, there's no doubt about it. I think Squamish especially um, really needs to focus on the, the basics. Uh, your sewer, your water, your stormwater management. And the biggest one, and I sat on this committee and I loved it to death and it's the most boring thing you could ever <laughs> want to love, but was solid waste management. Squamish has been attempting to, um, you know, vertically expand this dump. And every time I'm up there, all I see is the hill just getting bigger and less square footage being available to expand. And I think they've really got to wrap their heads around what they're going to do with all the solid waste in the future. I mean, they're on very, very limited water treatment as it is. It's not an exceptional plant and they don't have an exceptional program going on. Um, and, um, they've really got to buckle down. And I, the problem is, is people don't see it and they don't yeah, want their I, money I going to, say, to it. I was about to say, if I was running for council, I wouldn't talk about solid waste management. That's not like the, the, the glitter. That's not the, the snazzy topics everyone is, is chatting about, you know? Well, Marcus, you know, we still got a few days away from uh, <laughs> putting our names in. You never know. I could be oh. in there, but if I'm, uh, oh. That won't happen. That won't pressure? happen. No. You pressure yourself? No. I get the odd message, the odd call, but uh, I'm not interested. It's just too much time commitment. But I, but if I was running and I had a, a conversation with a young young gentleman who wanted to run, actually two people, one young gentleman and one young lady, uh, both with science backgrounds. And I said, if I was running for council, this is the things I would only talk about. I would only talk about the budget and staying on budget. I would only talk about water solid waste management, sewage management, and I would talk about energy management. And um, 
you know, for years we've come out with the Energy Resiliency Task Force. We've done this. We've done that. And I hate to break it. It's so piecemeal that it's just not effective. And I actually suggested to one of the people, you know what I would do if I ran for council is I would demand first and foremost that Squamish, District Squamish, build a very large energy distribution center. And I said, what does that mean? I said, it would have gas pumps. It would have CNG pumps. It would have propane. It would have car charging stations. It would have solar panels. I said, it would have a number of things because right now, what I find is that we don't do the basics well. And when we don't do the basics, or I guess we do the basics well, we don't do the basics exceptionally well. And if we could do the basics exceptionally well, I think then your whole town flourishes. But aren't you talking about government getting into business then? I mean, you were just talking about how business and government are different. So if you're talking about the government doing gas and pumps and solar, that sounds like you want government to get into like the energy business. No, I'm not. that's not what I'm suggesting. There's two differences. So that in itself is something that they consume the most of. The largest consumer of water, discharge of sewage, fuels, and likely in future electric charging. Who's the largest employer in Squamish? The municipality, right? So they're their own customer now, right? Not only that, but who's gouging us the most in Squamish? We produce a ton of energy here. We've got the dams everywhere around us. What are we getting for that? Nothing. So let's buy our own product from ourselves and see what the big fish say about that and focus that money back into sewer, water, solid waste management, which is what? Another source of energy if we want it to be that, right? So you think full circle. Now what I'm saying as far as government being a business, government is not a business as in for profit. It's still a business of sorts, right? It still operates incorporated, right? It's not like you can just drive it forward based on money being the sole principle that you're trying to achieve or the sole product that you're trying to achieve is just money. That's what capitalist business do. Government has to have this broader vision, this broader um, set of policies and bylaws for the betterment of the people. And that's sort of the difference. And it's incredibly fine line and it's incredibly difficult to separate them at times but you i think the best politicians i've seen and work with are able to do that and then they're able to message that to the public so the public sort of stays in check right it's ambitious but i mean like i said before that that's not the uh, that's not the, the topics everyone will be talking about i mean if i went and talked about those certain things I'm not sure, you know, apart from being on my podcast, I don't know how much airtime you would get because it's, yeah, it's not, it's not fancy, but I mean, everyone is talking about the the main one and, and like not in my backyard issues like the LNG. and Yeah. And that's the unfortunate, I guess, part of uh, the difference between the campaign, Marcus, and, and the election process and the actual work that needs to be done. And um, I agree, but I also think that part of it, if you're running, you know, is your messaging, Right. I mean, you can make things, so if you take solid waste management as an example, and I know I keep going back to the subject, but you take the dump in Squamish, and you get a proposal, you say to the uh, taxpayers and to the citizens of Squamish that my plan is X, and this is why it works. And, you know, years ago there was a proposal up there for an incinerator, a plasma incinerator didn't happen. But if you look at some of the models in Europe, right now with incineration. Sweden, I think Sweden, Sweden is, big, is yeah. the big one. Um, 
there that's a great option for squamish if you can get that cheek eye berm dealt with um, and the debris flow hazard issue dealt with you've got inputs coming from whistler possibly you've got inputs coming from uh, vancouver possibly right solid waste you've got squamish you've got the squamish nation they're smart people right they know what's up they know how to deal with the environment in, in this valley they've been dealing with it for hundreds of years right and you get everybody on side and you bring in some great technology with some partners you could really have a huge positive impact on squamish because let's face it we're not making less waste i've heard this time and again we're recycling this we're recycling that we're not recycling anything anymore okay the fact is it's too expensive to ship it it's too china india these um other countries don't want our messy products because we make a mess of our recycling. Let's face it. I hear it every every two weeks when the recycle truck comes around. I hear glass smashing around in people's bins still. It's like, folks, we've been at this a long time and we're still doing a shitty job of it. So the reality is it's all going down into Vancouver or other places and it's being burnt for incineration. I'm not going to mince words here. I see the trucks rolling, okay? The odd load might go somewhere for recycling, but I see the trucks. So you're not going to trick me. There's no, you know, recycle man. We've been hearing this recycle man thing for a long time. It's absolute horseshit. Okay. It's used for energy. And if the municipality can do this well, they can be true leaders in this. And it does become positive, Marcus, because now we're putting power back into the grid. We're dealing with our solid waste in an effective and efficient means, right? Rather than putting it in the ground. The leachate goes to the bottom, sits on the liner or whatever the exact process is, ends up at the water treatment plant. It gets plugged up with a bunch of crap and needs to process water that it shouldn't be processing. And what do we have? More money out the door and more, exp- and the problem isn't solved, right? Whereas if we can get our heads wrapped around these basic things, you start to do your micro hydro on your water lines. You put water metering in, so at least for no other reason, not for necessarily for profit, for no other reason, people can correlate. My water bottle, my you know to-go water bottle, holds two liters, and every time I flush my bloody toilet, it's eight, or every time I have a bath, it's sixty or eighty liters. Whatever you're doing, right? And if people can start and put that in their heads and actually track that, I think they'll have a different outlook on how they behave, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's the business of waste. And you are, you're right, it is increasing. I mean, more and more people are moving to Squamish. It's one of the fastest growing regions uh, in, I think, Canada. So, I mean, yeah, if you get a head a headwind on that, I mean, yeah, you're right. There, there is lots of money. Because they're always talking about diversifying the economy here in Squamish, right? They're always talking about how do we bring in more money? How do we bring more money so we can, like, you know, the property taxes are going up? How do we stop taxing businesses? I mean, we need more revenue. And what you're proposing actually does, I think, increase quite a bit of revenue, especially if we start taking things from Vancouver, we start taking shipments from Whistler and, and so forth and so forth. So, I mean, hopefully someone is listening. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, someone out there ha- has the plan and I'm sure you've already communicated this idea to many people who are on, were on council already and uh, you're going to have to do it again with a bunch of new faces. Yeah, well, I, you know, and that's always the interesting thing. But, you know, these are some of the issues that are going to come up in the campaign and I think for, you know, the nice thing having looks like a bunch of new fresh faces stepping in um, is that you're going to be able to differentiate fairly quickly as to who's been doing their homework, who's been actually attending, who actually has some idea of what's going on out there. I haven't yet to see any, you know, you've uh, offered up a list today and, and uh, you know, I know some of the names and I'm not suggesting any of them should or shouldn't be running for council. I think it's fine that everybody runs for council if that's they so choose. However, um, and I see it time and again, as it happens, the 
people get a hold of one issue or two issues and they run with them and it's and it becomes these hodgepodge councils. I actually think the council that Squamish has today, um, outside of a couple of them, is actually fairly diverse and fairly well balanced. And um, it's a testament to um, to them, to those who run and stepped up. And uh, I think the effort that most of them are putting forward as well. It's also a testament to some of the experience that's sitting there, right? Um, and uh, so, you know, they've been fairly, fairly good. Have they always agreed or has it always been civil? Perhaps not. However, um, they've dealt with a lot of big stuff here. For sure, they've made some decisions that not everybody's going to agree with. But you've got to remember, they also inherit zoning and bylaws and policies and OCPs and, uh, you know, borrowings that have happened and... Well, that, that's going to be a podcast for another day. Yeah, I think the borrowings things. and and the zonings. I mean, Jumar is is like what? Like everyone's just like I think that oil change place looks a lot better now than that Jumar. And we were just talking before we started recording about bu- buildings going to be, you know, six, seven floors. You want to open that can of worms? But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. But it, but it, back to my you know my mis- our initial conversation is that those are the issues that any new person is going to inherit, and whether you like it or not. You've put your name forward. Once you're elected, unless you resign and trigger a by-election, right. um, this is what you need to deal with. And so, you know, for the public out there that's listening, you know, you're going to want to grill these people. You grill them to the bone. And if they start wandering around and they've got 20 things that are going to get done in the next four years, I'd hate to tell you they're not getting done too. <laughs> they might get two each. They might get one each. you got to remember there's six councillors and a mayor. And they want to get issues they dealt get with. Their stuff done too. So yeah. that's seven items. They're all going to bring one. They got to all bring one. Right. Surely you all have one idea you want to get done. Right. So that's seven, right? Plus finishing up all the stuff that's been started, which so, is yeah. a lot. So we'll see when uh, when the uh, I guess the fourteenth when the names are all in the the hat. Uh, what's uh, what's going to shake out? But I suspect too, you'll you'll start to see uh, some of the. Uh, Close losers, I would call them, from previous elections starting to show up soon. Um, there's no doubt about it. I, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough not to have that experience. But I can only imagine, you know, like you said, you go you, you go breakneck speed in the campaign. You're throwing out usually some of your own money um, or somebody else's money. And um, you're you're doing all this work. You're basically giving up on your business and your social life and everything else for a couple months. And um, then in the end, you don't make it. And then you know if you're going to run again that you got to stay active for the next three or four years because otherwise nobody knows who you are. Right, <laughs> I still have people asking me. I've been here since '95. People still ask you got, me. You gotta be louder than those Facebook warriors that are already out there, right? And well, I have people ask me, "Well, when did you move to Squamish?" I have, like last couple of years. No, it's 1995, right? But the reality is, is that, you know, people don't know know everybody, right? Especially with a town that has a bunch of new people in it. Right. So um, I suspect that a bunch of those people will be stepping up soon. I suspect. I'm sure Stephen Fryer's somewhere out there <laughs> hiding, <laughs> waiting. Uh, you know, I keep bugging him, counting his counting his funds and uh, asking his uh, his significant others and family very kindly if he can throw his hat in. And yeah, um, I and keep sh- I keep bugging him all the time. Fryer, when are you running? When are you running, Fryer? Come on! It's like ah, oh, I did it once. Ah, uh, when are you running, Fryer? Come on! And there's a few others, and I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, if we don't see some more names come forward fairly soon. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some past elected people 
step up and say, hey. Well, there is one rumored for who's going to be running for mayor. Right. It's the worst kept secret, I think, in town. Yeah, and, and I don't, um, I think it'd be a little bit foolish to run for mayor. Um, you've got three in there now. I know you have a four horse race. It gets real messy. Um, you're basically throwing darts in the dark. There's a lot of business leaders who are pushing him, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of heavy business already up top there, right? Um, so, you know, sure, the business leaders can push, but, you know, like I said, the demographics has changed significantly in Squamish and, and uh, you know, uh, well, you know, well, you whatever know. he I does, mean, he does. Because I, it's I one of those things where, where Patty Hines been, right? I mean, it, this is what we were talking about in a previous podcast. Patty Heinzman is the incumbent. So as the incumbent, she has the advantage. But since she is no longer uh, running, that there's a big, her base, her, they're free agents is what I'm saying. Everyone has their ideas, right? So it all comes down to if they can share those ideas. It's just to be mayor in this town, I think you need about 2,000 votes, I think, to get be, to be elected mayor. So if you have five people running, that, that number comes down a little bit more. Well, like I said, you're relying now not only on the base voter, but the new voter. And so who gets the new vote, right? But that's a whole political strategy thing. But I do believe that we'll see one or two possibly names come in that have been elected in the past. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Are you looking at a field of maybe like 10, 12 people, 10, 20? What, what number are we looking at? Well, Marcus, usually by now we have that number, we right? Have two official uh, we now. have two. Right. But that just goes to show you how shitty the job really is. And I hate <laughs> saying it and I keep reiterating because otherwise I'd throw my hat in tomorrow as well yeah. because I was happy to do the work. I honestly think the landscape has changed because you do have a lot of new people in town and, and they're a lot more vocal. You get attacked a lot more, and that's I've I've seen this too when I when I go over uh, the, the the pit of vipers called Squamish Speaks, and I go on a few things where the people talk, and there have been a few voices saying, you know what, I would love to have run for council, but I can't take this. It's just one of those things, like not only that you're going to be busy, there's no such thing as positive feedback anymore. It's all it's pretty much toxic, and so why would you engage in that, right? Yeah, well, you know. You know, I mean, I agree, but I disagree. It can be toxic. The campaign it tends to be the really toxic part of the deal. There's lots of positive feedback, I think, that comes if you're doing good work and you're working hard, right? However, I, I agree. If you're going to run, if you're going to run for public life, you better expect every skeleton in your closet to be thrown out. And every dart in town at some point is going to be launched at you and you're hopefully going to avoid a bunch of them. And hopefully if some of them that hit are, are, end up voting for you well, anyway. Yeah, you hope you hope that would happen while you're running like for elections. Yes. It just proves me that the system works, that you're actually going to get the right person in for the job. Right. You, you said so earlier, like grill your guys, grill your guys, know who you're dealing with, who's representing you. I mean, you need to understand that. I think it's afterwards when after you've passed that process and you're doing the job, it's, it's the extra stuff that comes along with with it that is just tiresome sure but then uh, you know that's a classic example of where we fall down in our system or where the individual gets ahead of the actual process of engaging the public and so so oftentimes including in myself still today when i have a questions about what has gone on with this policy or what has gone on in this rezoning that you think this is uh, you know a good idea it's often just a miscommunication or a lack of communication. You brought up Jumar. We can talk about it another time. I saw that it's plain as day. The district was offered that lot twice from BC Rail. And they, they made a mockery of what BC Rail properties want for that property. Now look today. Mm -hmm. And they left it zoned. So I blame every one of them sitting at the table today 
for leaving it zoned the way it was for your Jiffy Lube. And I actually congratulated the gentleman at a meeting. But anyway, I'm not going to go on about that. That's a whole other <laughs> thing. But that's the fault of yeah. staff and council. Because the staff should have identified that a long time ago as being a pinch point and being a pro- sort of a you know quote-unquote problem area. At the same time, you have the bureaucracy of the school board who should have stepped up and said, this doesn't work. So however, we have a better deal for you. And I would have lopped off the back of that parking lot I would have told Jumar to put a road in, and I would have given them the property behind the McDonald's that abuts that sort of creek in there, right? Mm. And said, you build back in there, we'll give you the land and the easement, and we'll take the front side off you as quote-unquote public park space slash usable school space. I've driven by many high school football, soccer stadiums, track and fields that are abutting a major road. I was just down in West Vancouver today. Where are their soccer fields? Right along Marine, right? It works. You just got to spend a little bit of money and have a little bit of vision. But now they stuff this thing on the corner. That's a big mistake. And that shows you where, as an elected official, you need to be thinking all the time. Read the papers. You need to be working all the time. You need to be on your toes. And at the same time, it also shows the limitation of what you're able to do. Because of the zoning, they were allowed to do it. They thought it was a better idea to go this direction. And the school board, where were they? They're the most impacted. Where were they? What are they doing, those elected school officials? Sitting on their asses. We never hear from them. We rarely ever do. We, they get paid, the superintendent, see, this guy gets paid an enormous amount of money. Like one of the probably the better paid professionals in the area. What are they doing? What are they thinking? We don't need these vast pieces of land for education anymore. We have, we're looking at your laptop, <laughs> tablets. We learn differently today. We need recreation. But Squamish isn't your classic rec place. It isn't your classic town that needs five ice rinks, four football stadiums, and 30 soccer pitches. A lot of the people recreate out in the wilderness or on the water. So, but one area that is specific or two areas that were specific for and well done, good quality, would work. And that I saw was, like I said, was an opportunity, but it's a classic example of people fell asleep at the wheel. And they, you got to be thinking. You always got to be thinking about what is, what's happened in the past and where are we going in the future. And it's difficult to separate yourself or your own personal business interests from good public decision-making because that was where someone should have stepped in. And this is where we circle back to possibly having a council with zero experience, with different backgrounds, a lot of realtors and all that sort of stuff. So let's just end that one there. Yeah, no, and uh, but in, the, in the, my sort of closing note, that will, that will, we will see the results of that, right? And you're likely to only have one round of it and uh, it could slow things down. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're uh, Sue or Jeff or uh, Karen or anyone running on council. The only person I would be nervous if I was uh, Doug Race because, like I said, he'll be doing all the work or a lot of it. Well, he hasn't announced yet. Now you just scared him off. No, no, no. But uh, Doug, <laughs> I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but uh, hopefully he does. He'll be uh, he'll be uh, doing a lot of the work because for how much they have on the go, and then how much they're gonna have to learn, <laughs> and then don't forget that's just Squamish. Now go to the regional district and deal with Garibaldi at Squamish, Whistler, 
all you know the callahan britannia development uh furry creek's got a new owner i mean marcus this goes on and on and oh, on i know if you can't figure squamish out good luck figuring from marble canyon to lion's bay out okay oh lng i mean we could go on mcnab we could go on and on so uh i don't know well this, we'll is, this is why i said at the, top, at the top like this is why i'm concerned about the fact that lack of experience on on council i don't think squamish has seen so much happen or so much like so many decisions coming up i think in its history but i think that this could grind things to a little bit of a slowdown because they won't be able to get the work done efficiently and effectively as the wild Unless oil machine does today the wheel, Jumar. and yeah and um <laughs> And well, I don't think they will. And so um, the reality is, is they won't be able to make decisions or they'll make a few wrong ones and then they'll have to pull the reins on the cart and say, whoa, 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 we need to slow things down here. And you'll see the agendas change and the backlog in City Hall back up because the staff will be staring at the CAO going, the CAO will be going, I'm looking for direction. And the CAO is not getting direction. She or he is not moving forward. Right. And the staff, what are they supposed to do day to day? But you're not painting a like a, I'm, you're making this very. But it's um, not horrible because sometimes <laughs> okay. to slow down is okay. And it could Squamish use a little bit of a slowdown right now. I think so. It's going to breakneck speed. I witness it every day. I look at some of the silliness going on out there. It's like whoa whoa this is crazy well then i have to end it with this so morris run already come on mo run no you gotta run no come on you gotta run no get up there no if i wanted a new wife and a new family and all those things and no money you and i you and i will do it we'll do we'll get rid of our lives and everything and our businesses and we'll go run come on no thank you i'll ask you in four years from now ask me in four years from now yeah my daughter will be third year university my son will be well into high school that won't happen then marcus now ask me in eight years wow well, i'll well, probably in be four like, years when i'm thinking my kids will be uh still in grade school so no <laughs> yeah. reality is uh, i wish everybody the best of luck but uh i'm not doing it thanks mo thanks marcus this is the sea to sky podcast if you have a comment or story ideas please check out our website at sea to sky podcast.com or on facebook and twitter at sea to sky podcast thank you for clicking us on